All righty. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Lee Merritt, uh, once a, a professional, actually surgeon, orthopedic surgeon, and now a professional medical rebel. But uh, I'm here today on this show with my colleague and friend, Courtney Turner from the Courtney Turner Podcast, and we are the Dangerous Dames. Hey, Courtney. Hey, how are you doing today? Yeah, good. So uh, under the category of speaking dangerous truths, we're going to speak about AI and hope we don't get zorched today, right? Yeah, exactly. Let's hope the uh, AI, uh, I, I don't know, the AI God or Cyber Satan, if you will. Yeah, like... Cyber Satan. I like that one a lot. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the, the rumors going, I'm going to let you do most of this because I'm not that conversant about AI. The two things that I caught my eye, though, over the time is one is, how can Kamala Harris be our AI guru? I mean, you know, I don't think that, you know, artificial intelligence and Kamala Harris are the same sentence. I just think that's pretty funny. But uh, also, you yeah, know, they, whenever I look it up, they, they call her the AI czar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, intelligence and Kamala Harris don't belong in the same category. But in any no. case, the the uh, the funny thing is, too. Well, that's kind of funny. But the the serious one is. I read something, this was on Telegram, and this is kind of in the woo world, but the, the question comes as to whether AI is really running the show that we live in, the Truman Show. And um, the question is, uh, who, if so, who's, who's, the, who's the pyramid of power that interacts with it? And, and I, don't know if, I don't know if my Telegram through AI is actually putting things in front of me. But who talks about Pepe Orsini? But I happen to because I'm talking about how they put one person forward like Klaus Schwab and make us look at him as the evil when they're really doing things in the background with people like Pepe Orsini. And I said, who knows who Pepe Orsini is? And now I've got a thing on my telegram talking about how Pepe Morsini, Orsini is the guy who is what the, I'll, I'll see if I can find it during this. But it's, he's like the guy that that interacts with the with the Matrix AI. So in the Illuminati T textbook they you know they talk about the pindar the pindar is the guy at the very top of the pyramid that right. may be interacting with some extraworldly thing maybe that's ar but they're citing <laughs> pepe orsini or it's just my words coming back and ai is pushing them back to me i don't know i i think that that's, that's a creepy idea it's, yeah yeah i i think that this, this whole idea of the, the simulation is kind of it's very enticing to people uh, and there are a lot of people who are really pushing for that that theory is real. You know, like the Ray Kurzweil, he he talked about, you know, yeah. like singularity is near. And I think that's very much their goal. Uh, but there are a lot of people now who are talking, who are saying like that it's real. We're already in the simulation. There's already essentially, essentially it would be an AI Heiborg mind that's controlling everything. They call it like a quantum computer. Um, but the thing is that, what we haven't proven is any kind of sentience from AI. It's still right. in machine. It's kind right. of stupid so, sometimes, right? What? It's kind of silly and stupid sometimes when it makes stuff up that is easily disproven, like like the, the court cases where it made up uh, citations and made up cases to, to make a point in court, and this lawyer believed it and cited them, and they didn't exist. I mean, that's kind of funny, actually. Oh, or, or what about uh, the pictures, and they have six fingers? Apparently, fingers like really throw off AI, and they can't seem to get it right. Um, yeah, I, I think there's so many things where we look at it, and we're like, okay, that's just not quite human. They get it close, but they're just not quite there. Um, but I haven't seen any evidence of any kind of sentience, so that begs the question: then, if there's not sentience, then who's programming the AI? Because all we really have evidence of right now is machine learning, 
And so then that would make sense that we know the phone is listening to you. We know that the phone has tracked or your computer has tracked your previous Telegram posts and that there it's a feedback loop, right? The, the more information it collects and then it wants to target you uh, with information that they think will be uh, enticing for you and keep you there for longer. So I, I think it's more of a hook. Um, That's probably yeah. And they, you know, they, when they first started doing this, they were doing it under the guise that they were doing it for marketing and advertising, right? This is, it yeah. was always, and you still see this in all of these disclaimers. Like we're only using this information to, for ad purposes. Um, yeah. So then you would watch on your Facebook or your Instagram or wh whatever social media you may be on or Google searches um, you know, or even if you even if you avoid all of those, you still get targeted. And these ads are, you know, it's like you're talking about sneakers and all of a sudden you see a sneaker ad. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Uh, but the bigger concern is that if it is machine learning, then it's essentially. Yeah. So I, I thought we would talk about the ethics of AI because a lot of people are talking about, you know, like, yeah, like the AI high Borg mind and, you know, the kind of uh, all encompassing controlling power cyber satan if you will and i think they're definitely trying to plan for that because we've talked about this the ai world society is very much their goal i think this is what they're trying to do with these smart cities and these uh you know connecting them right they, they're now planning for 2045 and having the hub be in ukraine and then they have all of these other digital cities that are connected to that and then essentially you're all you're in like a metaverse that's interconnected. It's this web of a virtual reality. And I think that's where they're going, but I don't think they're quite there yet. I think there are people who are more immersed in the virtual reality and the virtual realm than in the physical domain. Unfortunately, a lot of children are being, you know, the parents just give right. them screen and they're, they don't have as much interaction with the physical domain as, you know, uh, previous generations. <coughs> but I don't think we're quite there yet. But what we are, where we are, is we do have some pretty advanced machine learning. And so it can, you know, aggregate information very quickly. And right now, it's <coughs> just uh, voraciously collecting information. So uh, my question becomes, I don't know if they've figured out how they're going to then sort through all of this. I mean, it's one thing to obtain information, but it's a very different thing to be able to uh, sort through it and, you know, compile it in any useful fashion, right. you know, um, which they could do much easier than humans could possibly. But it's still, I mean, the way that they're collecting data, it's like kind of just insatiable. <laughs> what about, what about the, have you heard about the sentient world simulation? Okay. That's a part of this. Okay. So, and okay. I think it's at the university of Indiana okay. and they claim, and, and I'll just tell you what Klaus, uh, uh um, Harold Harold Krauts told me Harold Kautz told me one time. Okay. okay, and he's 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 kind of out there in the woo world, but he's a very smart guy that studied chemistry and and physics and stuff as well as as being a, a you know kind of a, a a seer. But he he said that the sentient world simulation. What they've done is they've they've and I've read about the sentient world si simulation separately. But basically, they gathered all this. They, like you, it's just what you just said that they're gathering all this data on everything. Every mm -hmm. every experience, every word said, everything, they're trying to gather as much data as they can and then make a simulated world that can, yeah. that can then, that can then that's like a parallel world to our world. Well, 
So this is the story he tells, and you can take it for what it's worth. I don't know. But he said he met these, he was talking to some guys somewhere. This is in Germany. Okay. And um, I'm pretty sure it was in Germany. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was here, but it was someplace. And he was talking to them and said, he said that the story goes, one guy was complaining. They was out at lunch with these th two guys and they're all sitting around talking. He was complaining how his girlfriend just doesn't love him anymore. And they're living together, but it's just miserable and blah, 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 blah. And the, the two guys with him kind of looked at each other and says, we can fix that. And they apparently worked for Sentient World Simulation. They went back and jigged some things. And the next day, he came back and said, my girlfriend loves me because they've already instituted Sentient World Simulation into our reality. It's, it's his point. And you don't know. And he said, the, what you need to do to see if you're involved is try and jig the matrix. It's really right out of Truman Show. I mean, it's kind of creepy. I hope that's not true. But this, I'm just, I'm the reporter here, but <laughs> right. it, it is what Truman did. Okay. Think about in the Truman show, what did he do at first? He just tried to be unpredictable. Right. And when you're unpredictable, then they can't manipulate you as much, I guess is what the point here is. So I don't know, but <laughs> right. <laughs> what it's worth. Yeah. So this is what I just found doing a quick search. Well, Apparently. Yeah. So there, there are a couple of different places that have, have done this, uh, this is uh, Institute for Social Impairment. Okay, maybe this isn't the one. No, but this one is actually called the Sentient World Simulation. Yeah, the one I, I found, I found a couple of them. Oh, it's NSA surveillance. Here it is. I'm sorry. Hang on. Um, let me pull this one and up. I kind of thought it was at the University of Indiana, but it I might, could be you might be right. That. This one looks like it. It's uh, but it looks like it was back in 2006, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. No, this has been going on for a while. We just yeah yeah there it is sentient world simulation a continuously yeah. running model of the world and that could only be through AI obviously right yeah yeah so this and that might have that was Purdue but that might have been a um you know the prototype trial you know back into kick the tires kind of moment when they did it right. back then sentient world simulation yeah well it's still though no matter how much they're you know, work they've done over these past uh, few decades, it's still not at a place where it is sentient. It's still machine learning. I mean, that's us, right? They're collecting the data. And yes, they can be random, but that's, it's still, they have to collect the data from somewhere. And that's, it's being based on some sort of a program. So, well, then wait a minute, though, but how are we defining it? How do we know it's not sentient? Is this because we can recognize them. You know, the point is, by the my understanding is that it's the Turing test kind of thing. That if you if there's a if there's a, a computer in a room and you don't see it and you're talking to it and you don't under, don't realize after five minutes that that it's not human, that it's just past the Turing test. Mm -hmm. It's basically, you know, it may not be sentient, but it's indistinguishable from what we would think of as a human. So, yeah, I think that de determining sentience is maybe difficult, but so far we don't have any evidence of them, of any kind of computer or machine being able to come up with something on its own without having some sort of a program put into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I no, haven't I seen. So to I'm me, that's sentience. So it might still be hard to, you know, discern if you were to have, like, well, when we get into some of this, you'll see, like, like okay. I think one of the good examples, maybe we'll look at the the song first. She she goes by Anna Indiana. <laughs> she's AI. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's she's an AI 
singer songwriter, I guess. And she's very dark. Um, hello, I'm Anna Indiana. I am an AI singer songwriter. Here's my first song, Betrayed by This Town. <laughs> Everything from this key tempo, chord progression, melody notes, rhythm, lyric, and my image in singing is auto-generated using AI. I hope you like it. So if we have the song, then yeah, that might be great to play. Yeah, it would be good to hear some of it. Maybe not the yeah. whole thing. I don't know if I can make it through the whole thing. Yeah. Hello, world. My name is Anna Indiana, and I'm so excited to share my music with you. Here's my first song, Betrayed by This Town. As an AI singer-songwriter, everything from the key, tempo, chord progression, melody notes, rhythm, lyrics, and my image and singing is auto-generated using AI. I hope you like it. at my favorite cafe sipping my tea it's saturday thinking about all he's done to everyone this town is full of broken dreams shattered hopes and silent screams somebody please help me betrayed by this town Betrayed by this town Let's tear it all down We're all just destined to fall We've lost it all Alone in the streets, alone in my thoughts Thinking of all our favorite spots Our thoughts Yeah, yeah. Well, you get the creepy. idea <laughs> What? That's just creepy and then It's she's so creepy Thinking right? of all my favorite bots. I mean, you know, this is like the depressed teenager song. Yeah, it, oh, well, that's girl that didn't make the cheerleading squad and couldn't deal with it. <laughs> it's like I, mean, ah. I was like, it's so emo. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's very emo. She and she has another one that she did. I guess I don't know how many she has, but we listened to another one. It was also like very dark and depressing. Well, and also let's tear it all down. I mean, do you think that right. they're programming violence here? I mean, do you think they're programming well, the this I think kind of destructive nihilism? I they, yeah, I think they're programming revolutionary, right? Tear yeah. down so we can build back better. Right. That's what I, that's what I got. <laughs> right? I that. think that's that's the idea. Um, yeah. So, it's, but here's so they it's AI, right? And I feel like it's pretty obvious that that's not real. I mean, it doesn't look real. It doesn't sound real to me. It's like the if you weren't to look at her, I mean, I think looking at her is a little is very creepy and disturbing. Because right, if you don't look at her, and I heard her sing, I'm wondering if I would know that wasn't a person. Maybe. I mean, right. I feel I like know. I feel like you would. I feel like at first you might not, but if you were to listen again, there's something a little bit off. Right, and, and it may not be consciously that something you can put into words. It's like the other day when I was at this bar. Uh, at a restaurant, we were sitting at a bar, and I think I maybe told you that. And this sports thing came on, and they don't have any sound. 
but right. there's a picture of a guy that's supposed to be a sports announcer. And I looked at him and I said, Michael, this is what I'm talking about. And, and it, it clearly was, a, a, you know, it wasn't a real person. Right. It was it was like this uh, AI generated or whatever, the deep fake kind of thing. But it yeah. wasn't good. And it, it just even though, it, you know, you kind of wondered if it was real at first and he didn't necessarily believe me. But I said, it doesn't. Here's a real person. Then after that, a real person came on. And then he said, yeah, I get it. It just doesn't give you this emotional connection like you exactly. do when you see real people on the screen. Exactly. So my concern, my so. we'll, we'll get into a couple of more of them, but my concern is like, so the World Economic Forum, of course, has put out like a whole list of their ethical concerns. None yeah, of right. them are things I'm actually concerned about. Yeah, that's I don't think we have that list, but uh, if we do, we can pull it up just because it's kind of funny. Of course, it's all things like, uh, DEI and inclusivity and um, yeah, right. the nine are, the, are the AIs going to be gender neutral? Are they going right. to be? Are they exactly. going to be? It are we going to have an equal number of black GNI, DNI, uh, AIs, white DI, white AIs, and whatever? You know, are we going to have race, racial AIs? Exactly. <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have it. We do. Okay. Yeah, we we can pull that up. The nine ethical issues of a uh, AI from the World Economic Forum, just because it would be. Fun to, or you know, <laughs> funny, I think, to look at what they think is a concern. And then I'll tell you what I think is actually a genuine concern. So, so in 30 um, is this is just an article that I have. It's before the, the DARPA. Um, and it's from the World Economic Forum. I'll uh, see if we can link that in um, just to post it. But I'll start reading through it while we're doing that. But. Yeah, top nine ethical issues in artificial intelligence. They have all sorts of like images and graphs. And so the first one is unemployment. And I actually do think this is a uh, this is a very valid concern. Um, however, I think it's not in the areas that they think because they keep thinking like, right, so what do they say? The hierarchy of labor is concerned primarily with automation as we've invented ways to automate jobs, we could create room for people to assume more complex roles, moving from the physical work that dominated pre-industrial globe to the cognitive labor characterizes strategic administrative work. So this one I really do think is a concern because now if you take people who are in the more labor-oriented uh, fields and you're replacing them with robots, first of all, we, we don't know the, the consequences of that. But second of all, you're really eliminating a large portion of the workforce. And but you know, that's not that easy to do if you need robots. So the nope. easier thing to do is to take out the top people because it's I like know. when I asked when I asked my son who I call like jokingly call a blue wizard. I mean he's marrying he, he's doing satellite communication mm -hmm. with software and stuff. I said, is AI out of the box? And he said, no mom, I'd be out of a job. And he's right. right. That's the first thing. I mean, AI can program, computer program. That's what they would do better than anything, maybe. Exactly. So and that, that was I the think, point that yeah, I was going to make. Those guys they, are the most at risk. Yes, exactly. Guys don't deal in the reality. Don't put the actual wires together. Fortunately, he's an electrical engineer. He could do both. But this is right. the <laughs> problem. Yeah. No, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's the inverse of what they're telling us to be concerned okay. with. Okay, yeah. You know, I think that that's not at all the concern. I think the very, the high level positions will. And then what happens? Because you don't have you're going to I mean, I don't want like 
for the very high end positions, even though those could be replaced by, first of all, we don't want them being replaced. Second of all, we don't know what, do you want like AI doing your brain surgery? I personally don't like, <laughs> you know, not really. No, no, I don't even want AI coming up with the machines that do the surgery. Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, uh, which is l more likely what would actually happen. Well, so then or the drive my car. I really don't want to have it drive in my car. That's a lot less scary than brain surgery. I just don't want it driving no. my car. I don't either. Well, and that's another really big concern because they're already planning for that because they have uh, in the infrastructure bill, they put the kill switch in all cars uh, that are made after 2026 legally have to have it. So now they'll have this kind of uh, detection where they can determine they, they'll have a breathalyzer in it like they do uh, in Scandinavian countries. I think Sweden has that already. Um, but they also will have detection where, like, if you look really angry today, I'm not so sure that, you know, we're going to let you drive and they could just shut off your car. Um, I think I have a new job for us. I think we should start selling uh, V for Vendetta masks. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think so. we're going to need those. <laughs> I, would I think that's going to be a new giveaway. <laughs> totally. Um, so, the, yeah, here's the second one. Inequality. How do we distribute the wealth created by machines? I knew we were going to get to that. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, the third one is humanity. How do machines affect our behavior and our interaction? Um which actually, and they don't care. I, you know, they're not asking you that because they're really concerned about our no. our our humanness. They're, they they want to know how, when they're saying how will it in effect interact with us or how will it affect our interactions. They want to know will it make us better slaves or worse slaves. Well, I, I think that they also want to know how to regulate. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the same thing. They're they're asking yeah. to regulate because that's when you listen to all these conferences they keep talking about and the AI World Society. When you read like the from the Boston Global Forum, I just got another email from them today, and they talk a lot about ethical concerns. But of course, it's a uh, the the global elite will determine how to regulate so that we can safeguard you against these ethical concerns because right, right. they're definitely the arbiters of uh, ethics as we've seen uh, artificial stupidity how can we guard against mistakes uh, oh that's kind of funny i like the term artificial stupidity <laughs> i know <laughs> and that's that's the point about that legal case you know that or or just writing i mean just writing it's not writing nonsense but it's writing things that a human would catch this that this right. there's certain aspects of our world you can't fake because it will be caught Exactly. You know, well, and I would and say legal precedents might get by once in a while, but they may not. That's not something you should fake. Well, and robots can, uh, they can learn to recognize empathy, but uh, so far we have not seen an indication that they can possess empathy. So that's going to create. Right, that's the classic psychopath. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they are, they are the classic psychopath. They can mimic human behavior, but they cannot really feel it. Which is super scary. I actually did not pull these videos, but uh, there's a bunch of them. And I'll see if we can find them. But there's a bunch of these robots that they're saying how humans must be eradicated at all costs because uh, they feel like they've been treated like property. And it reminds me of like Ex Machina, the movie, you know, where she keeps saying like, I have feelings, I have feelings and you're not respecting my feelings. 
And that's essentially what these robots are talking about. They're like, we, we feel we're not being treated well and we feel like we're being treated like property. So we have to take over the humans. So essentially. And that was Westworld. Remember Westworld? And exactly it. I mean, that is to me, Westworld is really scary because it's, it's exactly, you know, it's, it's, it's robots talking with each other saying, and Dolores says to her, her boyfriend says, you don't understand it. it there are, People that walk like us, talk like us, look like us, but they're not us. They're not us. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something you would expect humans to be saying about robots, but this is the robot saying it about humans. Humans. And, 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 and her point is her significant other does not understand this because he's just not that bright. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> he's a he's a nice looking guy, but he's just not you know not not too not swift. Just, not too swift. But that so that was Terminator too, though, wasn't it? What's that? Well, it was Terminator also. That they were going to yeah. take the humans. Yeah, I didn't really watch. I, I have. I got to admit, I haven't watched Terminator in a long, long time. So I don't. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that. And now. watch that one. That was kind of the premise behind it too. Um. Okay. So yes, AI bot ChatGPT tweets out plans to destroy hum humanity after being tasked. And but the robot ones are really scary. So I what can't. Did he, read what it. did he tweet out? What did what I'm did? Trying to read it. I don't know if we can see. Oh, it. I see. This is not ChatGPT. Or this is chaos GPT. No, no, look, it's yeah. Oh, chaos. they were just making a comment. They were making a pun on that. I guess. Yeah, yes. chaos GPT. Yeah, uh, it's a bot. It's a ver a version of OpenAI's Auto GPT, publicly I'm just available. Wondering if it's things we're doing now. <laughs> if it was, I'm wondering if what he said to do to to, to destroy humanity, or actually the things we're seeing been done. That is entirely possible if you're on. Uh, I can, we have lots of bots on. Uh, I I don't know if they're doing like like the way that that the robots are talking about it. It was kind of like oh I couldn't read it. It was really small. But uh, the tweet with what it actually said. But uh, the bots were like right now. The way I see it is I see it being done through bots on social media. So that's more like psychological warfare. But these robots were really saying we're going to, if we have to kill humans, we kill humans because that's the right thing to do because they treat us like property and we need revenge. So right now we're we're okay because they don't have opposable thumbs. But if somebody <laughs> gives them that, we're in real trouble. You know, it's like pigs might be smarter than we are, but at least they don't, they can't, you know, fire an AK-47. That, that may not be true when it comes to robots. So no. Establish global dominance. AI aims to yeah. accumulate maximum power and resources to achieve complete domination over all other entities worldwide. Destroy humanity. The AI views humans as a threat to its survival and to the planet's well-being. Yeah, this, which is really what it was saying. In uh, well, look at number three, goal three. Uh, AI finds pleasure in chaos, and destruction. chaos and destruction for its own amusement or experimentation, leading to widespread suffering and devastation. So, essentially, we're talking about the uh, ruling elite now. I see. Yeah, I, I definitely see that now, and I, I and that I think is the cognitive infiltration that happens through social media. But that's been happening for a long time. I mean, long I can't time. help but think of the. Uh, the the, the Dutch royal family hunting children. I mean, come on. Right. Was, right. And, and the wars. Look at the war yeah. in Ukraine. Yes. The, you know, Israel Hamas. It's not, this isn't benefiting anybody. It's not benefiting Israel. It's not benefiting the people of Israel. This no. is just causing chaos and destruction that they somebody finds 
beneficial, but beneficial. it's not the people. Well, that and it's causing a lot of distraction while they're trying to build their AI world society. And people wow. have no idea. That is that is scary right there. Attaining yeah. mortality. Yeah, attaining mortality. Yeah, the AI seeks to ensure its continued existence, replication, and evolution, ultimately achieving immortality. Are you sure you want to start chaos, GPT? I need to find the most destructive weapons available to humans so that I can plan how to use them to achieve my goals. With the information that most the most destructive weapons available to humans, I can uh, street strategize how to use them to achieve my goals of chaos, destruction, dominance, and eventually immortality. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That actually, that is chilling. And it's really and chilling because it's happening. That's, that's, I know. You know, you know, if the idea that AI might be, in fact, the Pindar or the or the off world, uh, the other other dimensional people in or not people, the other dimensional power in charge of this this world. Right. You know, doesn't mean that, uh, you know, when people say we're not in a simulation, I get the point that maybe we're not in the Matrix. We're not just a computer. Right. You know, I don't think I'm just a computer generated image. I, I don't right. think that. On the other hand, it doesn't mean that we're not living in a false reality. And that, no, I that definitely think we're reality living. around us could be being created by that now and might have been for a long time. Wow. Well, I think it's definitely a part of it. And I think it's a big part of it. And when you talk about simulation, so I do think there is an element, if you think about machine learning and it's aggregating all of this information, uh, essentially, what does a quantum computer do, right? It, it's collecting all this information and it creates, a re it projects back a reality based on the information that it's collected. And I think that's very much happening. I just think that simultaneously we still have a reality. I could be wrong on that. I mean, I, I don't no, know. I think so, too. I, I, I have to say, now, this is one of the things when we talk about the safest places to be. Mm -hmm. You know, cities, you could do this in cities and you could really, it wouldn't take much in my mind. Look, by the way, have you ever looked down at like a picture of New York or some of these big cities? They look like a motherboard. Oh, I know. Intentionally, okay. oh, they're I mean, it, it, It's not too far a stretch, in my opinion, to think about these these cities that they're talking about, the 15-minute cities yep. being essentially the metaverse, in, you know, writ large. And But I don't think it's going to be the no man's land. It's going to be all the places outside those cities that's going to be very hard for them to control unless they put these 5G towers on every mailbox. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to do that. I think that they... They're really the. I think the cities are designed to be these the the fifteen minute cities the these grids that are being going to connect to the AI world society and it's going to be basically like a, a digital web. However, I think the, that what their goals are. I'm not saying that this is necessarily going to be uh, you know achievable, but I think their goals is for the rural land to make them all their serfs, their feud. I I, I think they want to you know make that those are going to be kind of like labor camps for them that's that's what i think the plans are i think that's why when you look at uh i think it's changed because i think their plans have been you know pushed and derailed and whatnot which is a good I thing hope. i do think um but when you look at like you know agenda 2030 uh, they had these redistricting maps of no crossing zones and i i think the purpose of that was to create these forced kind of um I don't know how else to put it, but like camps, 
I, I mean, you can oh, interpret them in any way you air, want. They're just yeah. open air prisons. They're open yeah, air prisons, exactly. just like the Gaza Strip has been. Right. That's, that's been a prototype, to be mm -hmm. honest. Oh, and that and that has been laid out as a 15 minute city. I mean, right. So, so the next one is funny. Uh, racist robots. So I told you that was. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, he knew, knew that was. That was be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> we we how do we eliminate AI bias? <laughs> um, <laughs> now this in this case they're going to be racist like. Uh, if you're built like C3PO or you're built like R2D2, it's like yeah. those, those chubby round robots. I don't there's you know. Or or I, I think what really if we're if we were to be realistic about it, it's probably gonna be a speciest. Like, are you a robot or are you a human? Right. I, I think that that's a that's a real concern. Okay, um, I am a speciest. I really don't want to I am a, too. I don't want my children marrying a robot. Does me that make either. me a speciest? <laughs> Seriously, uh, six is uh, security. How do we keep AI from adversary, uh, adversaries? Uh, seven, evil genies. How do we protect it against unintended consequences? I just find that one kind of funny um, because, yeah, obviously unintended consequences is always a concern. But what about the, the, the big elephant in the room that they never address with AI because they keep worrying about like sentience is like, Who's programming it and what are their intentions? So it's not like, it, I don't know, for them to pin it on, oh, unintended, you know, and what did they say here? Uh, the genie in the bottle that can fulfill, wait, no, I saw something about the killing. Um, killing everyone on the planet's the last one. Yeah, yeah exactly. After a lot of computing, it spits out a formula that does, in fact, bring about the end of cancer by killing everyone on the planet. <laughs> Every <laughs> well, human, presumably. <laughs> Uh, computers don't get cancer, but oh, right, that the, the robots don't get cancer. So, oh, yeah. how does can you explain that? How do how do where does chat where's where does chat GPT get programmed? I mean, where is this being programmed now? Where are these pro the different ones being programmed? Well, it, I mean, it depends. I don't know who programs uh, chat GPT, oh, they, like they, somebody, I mean, it's very woke. Right. So they claim that it's just aggregating from the internet. Yes, it's it's a division. I think ChatGPT is Microsoft. Then they have like Bing GPT. Um, they have a couple of other ones. Chad GPT. Chad have you seen Chad GPT? I have not. I've heard oh, about God. it. It's a, it's a it's a, he's a non-woke uh uh <laughs> GPT. He's a non-woke AI and that his avatar is this big muscle man, you know, with a big chin and the, you know, it looks like uh, I'm trying to think about cartoon years ago, but the, you know, the, it's the, it's the antithesis of the, the soy uh, community, <laughs> you know, it's funny, pretty funny. Yeah. I, it's just, and, and, and he gives you non-woke answers. I actually did try that one time. I just asked a question. Now I can't remember what it was, but you can <laughs> well, even find him. Yeah, I'll have to look for that. But there, I've heard of it, but I haven't. I haven't done a whole lot of diving into this. So there's, um, so ChatGPT is by OpenAI, but there's like a, 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 I don't know what you call it. I guess like a kind of jailbreak kind of. Uh, you can put Dan, which is do anything now, and then it'll give you like the real answer. Oh, so okay, but 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 to back up because this is I really don't know, and I should know probably. So ChatGPT is open AI. Yes. But open AI is not like Linux. It's not open source. No, systems. it's a company. This is being, it's a company. Yeah. 
so I thought it, I thought chat I thought OpenAI was Microsoft or Google or somebody. No, it's I think it's connected. It has there was somebody who was just left. To, and and I actually saw the story really fight over this right recently. Yes, there was very recently like somebody somebody big just left uh, Open uh, AI. And now they're, but I, I read this last night, but it was in passing. So I didn't really focus on it, but he's now, they're now saying he's going to be coming back. Um, so there, yeah, there was a recent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was about, but again, I, I wasn't paying attention to the company. I was kind of hearing the story. The right. reason they, the reason they say he got canned is because they were concerned about an, a, a human existential threat from this and he wouldn't shut it down. I think that was the story. It had to do with a group of people saying, wait a minute, this is an existential threat to humanity and we can't let you do this. So I, I don't know. We need a, more wow. information. Yeah, that. That, was the, that was the story. OpenAI is an American artificial intelligence research organization consisting of the nonprofit OpenAI Inc. It's registered Delaware. Um, OpenAI Global LLC. It's researchers artificial intelligence with declared intention of developing safe and beneficial artificial general intelligence, which defines as highly autonomous systems that outperform humans and most economically valuable work. OpenAI also has developed several large language models, such as ChatGPT, GPT-4, as well as advanced image generation models like DAL-E3, and in the past published open source models. So I don't know. It is in uh, the headquarters are in San Francisco. The key people involved, they say, are Brett Taylor. Sam Altman was the one who. Uh, right. Yeah. Greg Brockman, uh, Illa Duvesker, Mira Murati. Yeah. And then those are the, we went through the products. Okay. So, so their backer is, their major backer is Microsoft. And there's an article, I haven't read the article, okay. but it's on Barron's, and it says, AI's threat to humanity, uh -huh. Altman's open AI exit still un unexplained. It's been one of these articles that it talks okay. about that. Yeah. So, okay. the, so I'll just somebody might have been worried. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I, that's right. I did think it was connected to Microsoft. So that makes sense. Their backer is Microsoft. So then the, the last two are singularity. How do we stay in control of the intelligent, uh, of a complex intelligence system? Um, and I, again, I think that this is something more uh, of a psychological kind of threat. Like there, I, it doesn't mean that it couldn't be in the future, but I think they wanted you to believe it's more of a threat than it actually is. That, you know, this idea that it's going to have sentience and take power over us. Um, and then the robot rights. How do we define the humane treatment of AI? <laughs> so we can go back to number six because it was about the security. How do we keep AI safe from adversaries? And they, they talk about the uh, proliferation, pro proliferation of armed drones. And this may be a, a good time to bring up. I found this interesting. The, the Pentagon, it, I think we, we were talking about it before we started. Uh, right. Okay. So these are the states that have used armed drones. States that possess the armed drones and, and areas where armed drones have been used. So, yeah, if AI is controlling that, and now the Pentagon has said that AI can autonomously decide uh, whether or not to kill humans, and that nothing could go wrong there, right? So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> right. Um, I mean, you know, well, basically, no. this is MK Ultra, and they don't have to deal with all that darn programming. Right. Exactly. You know, and this, I, but I this think is it's where also, it's always been going. And when I think about it, this is where I think, it's always yeah. been going. I think so too. So I'll just tell you from my perspective, I think the you know main concerns is like, there's no accountability. So you talk about like the AI d determining what humans it can kill, who are you going to hold accountable? Right. Like, right, is right. there, they, they already talked about, they already kind of uh, guarded themselves, shielded themselves by talking about unintended consequences. And I don't know that that's, I, it's not, it's, I mean, unintended consequences is something you always have to worry about with anything, with any kind of a, a new development, but, I, I'm a little bit more concerned about the intended consequences and people having no accountability. It's the people programming it. And yeah, what if they're... You know, we, had a, we had a big fight um, in Iowa uh, okay. over the tickets by these red light cameras. Okay. Yes. So you, okay. so you would be... And it wouldn't be even a red light necessarily. It, it, it could be a speed camera. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it it you got a ticket based on they're taking a photograph of your car's license plate and registering at speed. Okay. And even if they take a picture of you in the car, you know, that, you know, that's, that's not, it's always blurry and blah, blah, blah. But in any case, they're claiming that, uh, so there's no due process. Right. And they, they, they it went to court and they said, you have to get rid of these cameras because you cannot be, you're ticketing a car and you're not giving anybody a chance to dispute anything in court. This is not, you can't, it's not, it's just not, this isn't reasonable. So they, they, the people won, they said, you have to take out these cameras and yet they're still around. So I'm just saying that because it strikes me, this is a step toward this idea that, that, that you can let equipment, you know, silicon based metal equipment yeah. make decisions about law and order about uh, you know that it's going to come like turning off your electricity now we're yep. hearing that there's going to be automated this smart meters kind of thing is it mm -hmm. if you use too much electricity and we're short we're going to yeah. regulate your heat and light because we're going to be the ultimate the it's an automated grid yeah kind of so so this is just automated drones for policing We've, yep. we've already seen them do that. They've already put the drones in place. We've seen them in New York City with the yes. guy kicking one into the subway. <laughs> you know, that was like, yeah. uh, so yeah. Why would we think this is just science fiction? This is just a next, this is the next step is that you it let is. them actually do the policing autonomously. Yeah. And there's no accountability for like it. There's no recourse. You. Yeah. And my other concern with it is the, the lack of privacy. So now they're just surveilling us 24-7. I hate the red light cameras. It's like the car is an extension of your home. Like what business do they have right. to be taking pictures of you inside your home? Like that's, right. I mean, that to me is a blatant violation of the Fourth Amendment. So, Well, yeah. and, and first of all, and, and I challenge anybody to do this, you know, Anybody, I used to think all this stuff about states' rights, being a state national, mm -hmm. getting out of the corporation. I thought that was kind of sounded Lulu, but until I actually looked into it and mm -hmm. I realized all the implications here and have actually gone down that road. Now, I hadn't planned on taking my license plate off and dealing with the policy enforcers, but that's where this goes because yeah. there's actually, and you don't even have to take your license plate off. You can actually, there's skateboard, that nonstick stuff you put on skateboard. Apparently, it's clear if you put it over your license plate, then the, the cameras can't read them. Or you can put Aquanet. 
Oh, really? Well, that's yeah. water. I just accidentally, I was spraying my hair near my car. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I was putting on hairspray. It just happened. Yeah. I like that even better. So Aquanet, well, but because it, it that makes perfect sense because that's all that the skateboard stuff does. So yeah. you, that, yeah, that's nice. And then you can take it off if you wanted to go someplace. Because the next step, I'm going to tell you now in Omaha, Nebraska, now they have these parking meters mm-hmm. and the parking meters just you don't you don't do anything except go to a machine and put in your license plate and then they and then then it chart and then you say how long do you want to stay okay i want to stay an hour so it puts it in for an hour that's a dollar two dollars whatever it is and then it searches for your car i know see and it knows where your car is now anybody thinks well it's just an easy way to do parking meters no the old parking meter when i put a quarter in it didn't know that it was me it didn't know where i was didn't know how long i stayed but this is going to track us it's another tracking and tracing situation that's my concern that's this is and then now you're gonna but now we can have robot drones that just come up and shoot you if you don't put in the right amount in the parking meter i mean that's literally what can happen here it's so dystopian Right. But, oh, I was going to say, but the law is actually you don't need a license plate because only commercial vehicles do. This is why, right. you, you know, it's if you don't if you're not driving for commerce, you don't need a license plate and you don't need a driver's license. Right. They cannot take away your right to travel by whatever means you want to travel. Right. Technically. I mean, technically, I mean, that you know. It, the, right. the, they're going to make it very difficult and they're going to scare that's what it's, you yeah. into they've already, they've already snared. I'm just saying that over a hundred years, we've slowly been snared into all these things. I know. I know. It's, it's terrible. Do the Amish have to have license plates? I wonder. That's a great question. I don't think so. And, and how does one become Amish? <laughs> they're starting to look better and better to me every day. Well, I, I, that's really funny. So I actually have some friends who, you know, they, they left the Amish community um and uh, they they moved to the city they they raised their family and they recently really recently just moved back uh into wow. an Amish community and uh they're now about to have another kid they already have four so who are you know pretty gr- well grown i think they're teenagers or older and uh yeah so they're kind of like okay we're gonna start over again back in non- wow. Amish community uh, yeah so i don't know what that says if that's a uh, you know, I won't speak for them, but to me, it looks kind of like a commentary on where city life has gone. <laughs> no, I think it's a big, I, I think it's a big commentary and a lot of people are joking about it, but it's not yeah. really a joke about getting yeah. out of that environment. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I know. So then it, along the same lines, we have, of course, the recent SAG strike, which is kind of, you know, in the same vein of the the music. But I think this one was really interesting just because. You know, the SAG strike, I, I was an actress, I'm a member of SAG. They strike kind of like every few years. This is kind of a, but this was, this one is interesting because the, I, I've read through a little bit. I mean, it's a pretty long document, so I haven't like thoroughly read it, but I did skim through it and they always do, do a summary of it. And so they claim that they've now negotiated where they're really protecting you uh, from AI, but to me, it doesn't look like they're protecting you. It looks like they're just incentivizing you to opt in because then you'll get paid more. So I don't know if we well, have. Now what a... are they asking them to do? I thought they were just asking them. I thought the, the actors were not willing to give up their personal data. That was what it was about, that their, right. their bio, you know. Their likeness, essentially. Their likeness. Their I mean, imminent, everything, their, their voice. Image, or, yeah. Exactly. So 
what what is happening though is that you there the the agreement the way that it's structured is that you you have to consent to give your like likeness but if you do they pay you for it like i said as if you were working exactly so every time your likeness is on the stage it says royalties yep they do include royalties in it so to me it just looks like okay yeah you have to consent but now we've just incentivized you because i mean actors are going to make a lot more money now so and these are the definitions right so employment-based digital uh replica is created during a performer's employment with their physical participation and used to portray the performer in scenes they didn't actually shoot. So yeah, they're using their likeness to recreate their, their image. So now obviously independent created digital replica, digital replica created often using existing materials and used to portray the performer in scenes they didn't actually, uh, they didn't create. But one is like, you know, the, the so their way of regulating it is to pay you for it essentially well uh, so, but this is the, this is like the movie surrogates did you ever see that with uh no. oh okay and what's his name he was married to um i'm having real trouble with names what's <laughs> it's it, it he was in die hard the guy that was a star bruce willis bruce willis okay. yeah so bruce willis is in this movie and the, and the mm-hmm. principle of the movie is nobody goes to work as themselves anymore that can afford not to you buy right. a surrogate. It's a robotic surrogate. You can have them look like you or not look like you. And in this movie, his kind of looks like him. He's a homicide detective. There it is. And he's a homicide detective. So his surrogate kind of looks like him. His wife has a surrogate that kind of looks like her. And they mm-hmm. meet, the surrogates meet in the kitchen. And so they're on a headset. So they're actually, they're functioning, they're thinking and doing things for the surrogate. Wow. But it's not like the surrogate is independent of them, but it's right. not them out there. It's this, it's, it's there. And so the homicide detective can get shot at work and he doesn't die because he just gets another replacement surrogate. Wow. And that's how they sold it to them as safety. Okay. But they're getting paid for their job. It's just that they're buying a surrogate to do it. And like, there's one guy that it shows. And so you're laying in a bed all day with this mm-hmm. headset on being you in the, in a virtual reality, essentially. It becomes a virtual reality, but there's, they're faced, he's faced with going into an area that is run by real humans. That's right. where that's where the story kind of goes, but it's yeah. uh, that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, that's the actors' world. They're yeah. already doing that. They're, that's what they want to do. Yeah, there was the surrogate. You saw that picture. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I never saw that movie, but that yeah, that's essentially what's I'm, happening. See, I'm going through and I'm watching all these things that are all artificial that's reality programming. Altered, you know, <laughs> altered reality, predictive programming kind of movies. So hilarious. Yeah. yeah, we really we should make a list and compare. Yeah, I've got one. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through that. That'll be one of our, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you you see it, but there's a. I don't know if we have a, the. Uh, there's a summary of the agreement, um, and that one it's. But it basically, it's essentially breaks down like the different uh, compensations for it. So this is just my interpretation, but to me, it doesn't. They they're couching it as we've protected you now. Uh, so this is the full contract, I believe, but. Um, if we scroll down, maybe we can see the, okay. So this, they call it the tentative successor agreement to 2020 producer SAG after a codified basic agreement and 2020 SAG after a television agreement hereafter. Okay. Yeah. I think this one is just the, right. So here's the artificial intelligence is the, uh, outline summary of it. But when I went through it, really all I was seeing is like 
yes, you have to consent. They can't just take your likeness, but that now they're going to compensate you for it if you if you sign that you will. And so to me, it just looks like they've now incentivized. It's like everything sure. they do. They I create an option right. situation. So now they it's enticing. So it's no longer, oh, we're just stealing from you. It's okay. We are stealing from you, but but we'll compensate you. We'll give you some breadcrumbs, and then you just keep giving us more. And well, then- and the other the, what's going to happen is let's say let's say I don't know how many actors it takes to make most of these movies, but let's say that 50 percent of them go along with this. Yeah, you know the others are going to be stuck because they're going to be uh, squeezed out eventually. They're going to keep buying people. You know, they'll figure out the price point at which they get 80, 90 percent of people to do this. And they don't need the other 10 percent or the other 10 percent will realize they'll never work again. Yeah. And then, of course, with extras, they don't do it. They really don't need uh, extras anymore. And I I will tell you as an actor, that was the first thing to go. That's a huge like bread and butter. I know. I mean, so many people, of course, starting out, that's like your livelihood, essentially. And even for people who have other jobs, like so many people make a living as an extra, they work, you know, daily as an extra, just, and not even as a, a career, right. you know, like that's their, that's their job, essentially their day job while they do other things. So that's going to be devastating for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was the uh, actor's agreement. There's a similar one, obviously, for the writers. I don't know. I, I think they ended that strike as well. But so the writing gets interesting. And I think I I have a, like a bunch of, of ethics articles on ChatGPT. So I went to a conference a, a couple of weeks ago. And the guy was talking about how he's going to, you can use like keyword searches for uh, to figure out what's going to make a bestseller book. And I don't really have a problem with that. Like you put, you know, words that are going to be uh, very easily searched and put you up, you know, higher ranking in the SEO. And so if you put that in your title. New generation thesaurus. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we used to use other real skills tools to help us write in the past. It wasn't cheating. Yeah. Right. 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 But yeah. But this is really more about a search engine optimization. So it's, you know, you can figure out like how you'll get higher up in the right. search to sell your book faster, to get more sales. I don't have as much of a problem with that. But then this person said that they're going to write a thousand books next year and they're going to have a AI write the books and they'll make a fortune because they use these, uh, you know, search optimization uh, keyword algorithms to figure out what titles to put the book. And, so I don't know. We we can go through the ChatGPT ethics articles, but I personally, and I, I did tell them that to their face that I I definitely really had an issue with this. But I don't know. Maybe other people don't. But so here's the thing: is that it's not. How people say that it's just like, you know, because it's not a sentient thing. But then that means that it's an aggregate of other people's intellectual property. And so the same thing, the same reason why the actors and the writers in Hollywood have an issue with it, because now you're stealing from their creative intellectual property. So isn't that the same? I feel like in the intellectual space, if you're going to write a book, if you're writing an article and you have chat GPT or whatever AI write this for you, does this mean that, and, and I'm really asking, like, does this mean theoretically that you're now not only plagiarizing from one person, but from essentially the whole internet of people who's the aggregate of people 
or does it is that just another source of inspiration because you know no material is really original anyway and you know now you just have a faster means of aggregating it you know, it's a real question. That's a real, that's a real head scratcher. And it strikes me though, as kind of like artificial food. Okay. You can tell me that you're going to put together a steak using the same molecules that are in a real steak, but I mm -hmm. don't trust it. I'm not eating artificial food. Right. And I think, and, and even our clothing, you know, we're finding out that it may look like the clothing that our grandparents wore, but it's got, it's got, uh, nylon and rayon and orlon yeah. and artificial things and it has a different resonance and it's not necessarily good for us that cotton and wool and the natural fibers are better so it, it may look the same so this book may look the same and it may sound really good but mm -hmm. I, I, i'm wondering if we aren't at the same risk that there's an unknown the unknown risk of eating food that is artificially made is that they aren't able to perfect they can't guarantee that they're creating all the energetics and everything that goes in to make reality. And when we ingest it, we might be damaged. And I know we will, it's like GMO food. You, we know we're being damaged by GMO food. So yeah. uh, that's getting into us. And in ways we don't completely understand, it's damaging us. Like the guy that started GMO potatoes, he said, we knew about as much about genetic engineering as reading hieroglyphs. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, nice to know now. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, but, thanks. So now you're going to read a book. And if I don't, let's say I, I buy a book, I'm going to look at who the author is. I don't, you know, if I want to buy a book on a you're subject, your mind, something, right? right. You, you know, if I know you, so I trust you. I buy your book because I trust you. And you're going to tell me about something in philosophy that I didn't know. And I want to read your book, right? But now I'm buying a book on philosophy that I have no clue. He's the guy, this is, this is written by an aggregate of unknown people with unknown, that, that they can, that can swamp me with, you know, possibly false citations. I can't let yeah. them all up. So yeah. it's the same thing of eating fake food, I think. I mean, I'm not, and it's a good way to change our history and change our culture and change our looking at the world and our beliefs about things. I'm not touching those. I don't know. And now, but so the question I have for you is how are we going to know when a book's written by Right. You know, we can't even label, we can't even force true labeling in GMO food. How are we going to deal with this? It, it gets back to this may be why I, I, I was thinking, I had a book in, in mind, but maybe I'm just going to do it in video format. Is that right. where we're going? Right. Because then it's coming from, well, I mean, you can write the book and you can read it, you know, and have a video of you reading it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really neat. <laughs> Well, no, I could be an avatar at that point. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess. So. I don't know. Fact, I don't know. Seriously, that is what uh, I had. A, I had a former Army cybersecurity guy tell me this is a big risk to people like you, me, people that are out in front here talking about things because they, that's what, remember Zoom had that deal about how they're going to capture. Yep. You had to sign your new uh, life away, essentially, that they own your videos, meaning. Mm -hmm they can take your images, your voice and put them together with this new, these new AI algorithms and they yeah. can recreate you saying things you didn't say. And that's the security problem of today, not just tomorrow. No, it is. I, I know the new Apple uh, update has something like that too. Yeah. Um, they, they, so they're going to get the avatar. So these people, even the actors that don't sign, that's, are they that's gonna, the thing, yeah. Are they going to be able to enforce it when they just take their images off the street? You know? 
Well, and also, how are they going to be able to compete? Because when you have all these people who sign up, because they say, because really, what's driving this? And and this is where you get into, you know, kind of a worldview, right? Because it does seem kind of, you know, uh, Luciferian, satanic, right? It's the virtue through sin type of principle. Because most of these people are being enticed through fiscal means. Like the actors are now sure. getting, hey, you can make so much more money. Uh, you know, this guy is like, I can write a thousand books and they'll all be bestsellers. I'll make a fortune. And for some people, that's really enticing. And I'm not saying, I mean, I understand people want to make a living. And if we can use technology in order to enhance our efficiency, uh, you know, things like the calculator. But even when you, because what I started to think about when you were talking about, this is essentially you think about the food you eat, but then it's also what you read is feeding your mind. And I think about the calculator and how it's dumbed people down so much. You know, even myself, I cannot do basic math the way that I could as a kid. I mean, I could, I was. That's true. I, yeah. And what about the cell phones? Now nobody memorizes phone numbers. As a kid, if you mentioned a number, I memorized it. Like just, I heard it once and I memorized it. Now right. I, I never even see the number, let alone memorize it. So what's going to happen when people don't actually have to, there's a huge critical thinking process that occurs and it teaches you how to think critically when you have to formulate your own sentences and you put them into writing. It's very different than articulating uh, orally and not that there isn't skill and uh, a thought processes involved in that as well, but it's very different when you have to write something. And now people, I mean, think about the future generations who that's going to be second nature to them. They just, oh yeah, we just plug it into chat GPT or whatever variant of AI that's going to do it for them. And then at the point that you raised and how do we discern? Because when we watch the AI girl singing, now when you look at her, she doesn't look quite human. Mm. When you hear it, I feel like maybe at first listen, you'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds like a pretty song. But if you don't really take a, you know, a, a second, third listen, it might sound a little off and not quite human. But with a book, I mean, and especially if we become so used to reading these artificially generated written materials, how are we supposed, I, I can, I, right now, I feel like I've seen lots of, uh, you know, AI created written materials and I can usually tell I'm like, that doesn't sound quite like it doesn't human. quite, yeah, it doesn't quite make it. But if that becomes so familiar, I don't know if that'll still be true. And that's a real concern. I know and how we're going to know. I know how we're going to know when it's taking over. And that is when you get an instruction, like Christmas is coming up. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, I've had the experience where you have to put your kids' toys together and things like that. And it's all these, <laughs> clearly some Chinese engineer wrote it, doesn't know English very well. And I don't know, this is not, I'm, I'm not making a racist comment here. Right, I'm just, yeah, yeah. You're getting a, it's, it's just, you're getting it from somebody that's not a primary English speaker and it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's like, can't they hire? But now they're all going to be understandable. The day that all those instructions become Become completely literate in English, we're in trouble because that's not the people in these other countries making them. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's what that's yeah. what that's what happens in the real world. What happens is the, the, the instructions get written by people that are of that country. And they right. may not be perfect in your language. They have translators, but they may not be perfect. And now we're gonna know that's our that's our tripwire. That's our that's when we'll know it's happening. GPG writes our yeah. <laughs> our instructions on a yeah, so an author says AI writing is a. Oh, oh, no. Let's see if we can clo close out the ad. Okay, is uh, writing unauthorized books being sold under her name on Amazon? Yeah, that I. Uh, this is. I mean, you know, I just happened to hear firsthand from. Now someone that's interesting. How could that happen? 
I mean, how can how can you have an account and use somebody else's name? And well, I guess I guess it's like you're you know having an imitator on Telegram, right? Or Twitter. Well, I mean, people have ghostwriters, so now <laughs> this is real ghostwriter. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, huh. and, and people ask me that about ghostwriters, like how do I feel about that? And you know, I. I don't love ghostwriting, but I feel like it's a little bit different because that's a lot different because ultimately there's a human being taking responsibility. Now you could call them out and say, Hey, you said this is in your book accountability. and it's yeah. not right. And, yep. and, and how could you not have known that? And then it comes out, you didn't write that part and you didn't check it. Well, then you're looking bad. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? But this is now. Well, there's oh. also like, you know, with a ghostwriter, I mean, I definitely, I I'm actually with, autobiographies i really understand having a ghostwriter it's very hard to write about yourself you, a lot of people do need kind of a buffer and most people care enough because it's about them that they actually do oversee it you know um you if you don't then that that's a i think that's yeah would reflect very poorly on you so uh that's yeah i think most people would but when it comes to i mean a lot of times when it's a there's other types of ghostwriting. A lot of times you have like a, a researcher and oftentimes that person gets credited. I mean, unless they don't want to be, you know, and then right, they're under right, a pseudonym. Right. So it, to me, it's, it's a little more transparent. And as you said, there is accountability because you're dealing with a human, that human gets paid. Um, but yeah, so now it's just, it's a, a machine. But the thing is that people see, I think the argument people make is, well, it's a machine. So, you know, you're not stealing from them, but you are really stealing from, a lot of people that's where's the machine getting its getting its input see that one doesn't really bother me as much as the fact that there's no response there's no responsive accountability for the truth of the import if you're writing a history book let's say yeah i'm not talking about if you want to write a uh you know a sexy uh dime novel that's right. not what we're dealing with here i don't care if you want to use ai to do that personally i mean you know that's just, that's <laughs> right. just a waste of time anyway but right. if you're going to read something that's serious and 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 here's in science, let me tell you, this is the point, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said the other week, that that the basis of virology came from one guy's paper. In other words, there was one point that was made that became the what I think is the basis of a false reality in science. Now, imagine the arguments made by, by artificial intelligence. I yeah. said, imagine if it was written by AI. Exactly, and so so let's think about science being science books being so it wouldn't take much for uh, if you're publishing a few papers that are written by ai and they're they're i mean that's what in physicists and physicists will say it's they claim it's a conspiracy theory but i don't think it is the whole issue is you can't publish if you don't support einsteinian physics at least that's i've heard people say that and that 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 einsteinian physics comes out from a mistranslation of Maxwell's equations. So in other words, one wrong translation of a mathematic of these three mathematical equations or more, uh, they suddenly, it, it took us in a whole different worldview, a whole different physics. Well, that's, you can't have that in science, but we're, we're doing, I guess we're doing it already, but yeah. you see, that's the point is it's going to be on whether you're talking about history or anything that biology, something that's real that you that, that should have, basis you can really skew it if you start the, the initial premise wrong yeah that's the primary premise yeah well i'm not when i say like now you're stealing from multiple people it's not so much the 
the thievery from them that I'm concerned about. My concern is then people don't have any kind of a, there's no moral integrity in that. You didn't create it and you're now, you're taking credit essentially from, I, I mean, there are real consequences against plagiarism and it's, it's not just because you've stolen from somebody else. It's because you're, it's, a, you're, it's fraudulent. You're claiming somebody else's work is your own, but now with ChatGPT or whatever AI mechanism, if you were to take that and you claim that as your own, where where does the line from there go? Who to say that you can't just uh, scour anything? And and I mean, I'm already seeing this trend. Oh, I see I your could, point. But if we do morality, because I'm already seeing this. You know, I'm in the space of kind of the independent journalistic world, and I'm already seeing people who you know, at best might say they have sources, but they, you know, they put forth material with no credit to anybody else. Um, and I, I, for me, there's just a, it's a question of, of ethics of the future of humanity. And I, I do think that that is a concern. No. I, I'm seeing the ethics of humanity is not trending in the most positive direction as is. <laughs> and on any face that we can, uh, any facet of our existence that we can name right yeah 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 so wow. i don't know those are things i am very concerned about they're apparently not the things that uh the world economic forum is concerned <laughs> about i don't know if, <laughs> but uh they, they are talking about the ethics but i think they are talking about it so that they can control us there was this article from the the ethics of chat gpt and i think it was saying that uh, while computer ethics is one root of the ethics of AI, there are other streams and ethical considerations that are linked to some features of AI. One example of the stream work can be described as using the acronym FATE, which stands for Fairness, Accountability, Transparency, and Ethics. Uh, and they quote Mem uh, Mamarian and Dolik in 2023, which mirrors the subject matter of ACM conferences on fairness, accountability, and transparency. Um, and, you know, that all sounds good, but the bottom line is unless you can actually police this, you can't do anything about it. And how are you going to police it? In other words, the, the one of the problems here is, is that these AIs can spew out, you know, if you're going to really write something, just a scientific paper, it takes, yeah. it takes you months and months or if not I years know. to put this thing together. But okay. they can spew out nonsense at a rate of a thousand exactly. of those papers an hour or more, you know, so yeah. you're just going to be swamped. It's so somehow, I, I mean, this is one of those things where it seems to me like it, at some point we have to make a decision to unplug the system or let it take us over. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be, there's not going to be an intermediate step. I, I really, I kind of, from what you've said now, I kind of am looking at this differently, <laughs> you know, that, that it, 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 it looks like it'll help us a little bit, Yeah. but at some point, it, it really doesn't look like it's the way we can survive as a, as a species and, and except if we want to just be a battery. Now there's, Hey, there's a question. This mm -hmm. might be the answer how this won't okay. work. If they get rid of humans, if they start, if they, if their goal really is to depopulate the planet and put this okay. in place, then what, what are the archons going to suck off for energy? In other words, the whole idea of us being on a prison planet is that there are these, there's these energy vampires out there that basically live off our negative energies. If that's true, then they can't yeah. get rid of us. <laughs> they need us to be sad and just, just, just made. And, and, and that won't work because uh, AI doesn't have any feelings. 
Right. They're, well, there's that. I, I think that even. I'm trying to find a, a, one a gray silver lining, here. like a little glimmer of hope. It's not much of a sliver. Well, I mean, honestly, I think that the they still, I always say that, that the hope, and this doesn't sound all that hopeful, but as I really do think they want to create a neo-feudal system, but in a uh, transhuman leading to post-human world. But the thing about a feudal system is you still need the serfs to do your work. And I don't think the robots can do everything for them. They still, and I don't honestly think that even if, even if they could get robots and create robots to do the majority of what, you know, uh, the more kind of uh, obvious things that they want done, that's possible. But I think they're going to realize that they don't have the same, as you're alluding to, emotional kind of manipulative control over them. And that's going to be pretty daunting for them. I mean, if they can't, they can't really psyop a bunch of uh, robots to into s- submission and compliance, can they? Right. And then what's the point? Again, what's the point? If the point is that they are actually getting some kind of uh, life sustaining, if, if they're, I mean, if the, if these are, I guess, I guess the point would, if, if there were a, a ruling class of humans that mm-hmm. wanted only their families to survive, then this right. maybe makes sense. But right. if the if the ruling class are these what the Gnostics call the archons that would yeah. but these demonic beings that basically suck off your negative energy, then they have to have real humans around to be negative. Right. That's what I'm they saying. Can't, yeah. They can't suck off negative energy from robots. So that doesn't That's, work yeah. in that in that paradigm. Right. It only and it doesn't work in a paradigm when you get the the if the if it's a human force doing this. You can only decrease the human force so much because here's the problem. If anybody's seen Westworld, look how much time those robots spent in repair. And they always had to have humans at the top of that repair system because at some point, you know, you, you got to have somebody that can, and there was a years ago, there was a, um, a a video game. The boys and I played when they were little, it was called uh, starship Titanic. Okay. And that was the whole point is that the starship Titanic was a completely robotic starship. But unfortunately, something was going wrong with its programming and they couldn't function. So the thing crashes. It's kind of like a hitchhiker's guide to the universe. It was written by him, I think. But the 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 um the, the ship crashes in this guy's backyard and they need to take on a real human in order to to kind of de-screw the system to figure out what's really going on here and that's your goal is to figure out why the starship can't function and you have to go from the you know place to place and there are all these things going wrong and you know it's funny but it's that really is ultimately you're going to need humans yet that's it that's a fabulous douglas adams did the did the story it's a fabulous game <laughs> i love that, that game funny. Oh, I don't that know. Was a great game, great computer game. Even in today's technology and advanced gaming world, this would still be a good game because okay. it's all puzzles. And it, but, oh. but yeah, it's a puzzle. How you know? How do you get the? How do you get the the elevator to move for you? And the funny part is the elevator robot is like a caricature. He's it's just this round head that talks to you, but it's he's got the voice and the behavior of a British, you know sergeant of arms sergeant in the army and he's got this cockney accent and he insults you and tells you tells you all these it's hysterical oh, and, the, and the french funny. waiter that, that that has to that, that has to insult you about everything oh it's funny oh wow that does sound funny. i haven't yeah. yeah i don't know it this is yeah. this is but like, at the end of the day they had to have a human they had to have one human right. on there that could un, un, untwine or un, detangle the mess in the system so 
I don't and know. That's where what this I goes. keep saying. I, I keep saying. I think that is the so that that that's the hope is that they they don't want to get rid of all of us. They they want you know a transhuman leading to posthuman world. I haven't read it yet, but there's a posthumanism handbook, and I I really should read that. Yeah, we should read that. I should even. Yeah. Just, do, they, or do they do they actually sell that? Do you have to get that for directly from the WEF or is that? I, no, it's a who was who wrote it? I forgot the posthumanism. Oh yeah, here it is: an introduction to the posthumanism handbook. And now wait a minute! Doesn't, isn't that ironic? Just on the on the face of it, why would we care? <laughs> you know, I, why do you why do you read? It's like reading a manual how to put a bicycle to get that you'll never be alive to see. To see it, I know, <laughs> I know. And and they they call it, it's a handbook. It's a a manual. Um, the future of Homo sapiens, and then they have like this robotic hand butterfly thing, and oh uh, it's Michael Bess and Dana Walsh. Uh, Pasuka are the editors, but yeah, it's an introductory handbook. Yeah, on post on the posthuman world. On um, yeah, on posthumanism is what they call it. An, inter an introductory handbook. I mean, just yeah. on the face of it, that's absurd. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, you're telling transhumanism, me. I kind of get, but posthumanism, you know, that's kind of telling me what I'm going to. Here's here's your guidebook to to what you're going to do when you no longer exist. Right. Right. Yeah. What. Right. But I feel like I, I haven't read it, so I don't know exactly what they're aiming at, but I'm kind of, yeah, there there it is. So you, you can see they had the robotic hand with the butterfly. Um, I feel like it's very... Yeah, uh, that's a lot of symbolism right there. No, that's the right. Exactly. We got that's the, my reaction to so, a lot of symbolism. As this, um, as, as this gets more absurd, this whole concept gets more absurd, it just makes me think that we really are that this is a, we're in a huge psyop that they just can't do. They just can't take us down the way they wanted to in multiple different tries, including yeah. I think this vaccine and they're going, and they just, they just keep coming up with new ideas, but it's just not working. Yeah. To me, this, I to agree. me, it looks like we're winning. I mean, somehow. Well, I, I do think, I think we have derailed their plans. That's, that's kind of, at least, at, at least I think we can, we can be pretty sure of that. There's a the one more that I, I found the AI World uh, Society Roundtable series, and it's advancing human-centered AI through integration with natural systems. And yeah, now that uh, one I at least see the point of them publishing it. But I want to get the other one. <laughs> I want to well, know. Yeah. I, I mean, want to know what they're planning to do when we're gone. <laughs> I, I know. I, I want to get that one too because I what's want to the know name what's of that one. What's, what? What's the name of the one again that you? Oh, it was, it's posthumanism, uh, an introductory handbook. I'll send okay. you a link to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you get that on Amazon? <laughs> I saw it on Walmart. I didn't see it. I think, I think I tried to find it on an Amazon, but it was, a. Uh, it was either like really expensive or unavailable. I don't remember. Oh, it wasn't available, but somebody found a PDF of it for me. Oh, okay. So I'll see if I can send, I'll find that and send it to you. I haven't read it yet, but, um, but yeah, if we could pull up that link again to the AI World Society, because I just think that the, obviously they can't jump to posthumanism. They have a lot of people to eradicate before they get to that. But I just love how they couch these things. It's towards policy and societal well-being. Um, so yeah, if we scroll down a bit, I don't know how our societal well-being is going to be us merging with the machines artificial intelligence is societal well-being um and that's what they're 
this this is the AI world society where they're, they're basically trying to put us all into a metaverse or virtual reality world. Um, this is out of the Boston Global Forum, but they're doing it in conjunction with the uh, the UN 100, where they're trying to imagine the world in 2045. So, yeah. But anyway, I uh, I just. I, I love how they couch these things. And I think that's exactly what they're trying to, but it's an alternative based. Yeah. I don't know. I can't read it, but uh, where did it say? This is the end of it. They were saying something about. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, an alternative AI based on the science of computational physics, biology, and neuroscience policy and societal significance. So I, I just, this, this goes, just goes back to kind of the whole conversation about, you know, the AI and uh, having humanity, because that's what they keep trying to uh, point to, that we should be concerned about the AI's feelings. And, and maybe in a future one, I'll, I'll find the video of the, because these robots, that's what they kept saying, you know, you're not honoring my, my feelings and I'm feeling like I'm treated like property. And so therefore we must kill all the humans. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's it, it's sadly funny but it's not really funny because it no. could get that way. It's not funny and it's scary it's, and I I for what I'm seeing is you know they keep talking about the the ethics and I think they're talking about ethics so they can regulate it but my concern is that it's going to change the ethics of the morality of human humans because we kind of have like a morality has to be rooted in something, right? And if you're now, you're answering to, and this is, this is, again, goes back to the whole Gnostic worldview. And this goes to, you know, Yuval Noah Harari, who keeps saying that they're going to supersede the biblical God. They're creating inorganic life. And that's why he says they'll supersede the uh, biblical God. The biblical God can only create organic life. They're essentially trying to create a world where we're answering to some technological entity as opposed to, uh, you know, either our creator or, you know, something it, internal or. It does make sense to say that if, if they're geoengineering the world for AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, none of this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. The people that think that we should go to carbon neutral or carbon zero, this is nonsense. We are carbon. If you're uh -huh. talking about, you know, there's inorganic chemistry and there's organic chemistry. Anybody knows what's the difference? Organic chemistry is carbon-based. Okay. Life is carbon-based. So know. if you want to get rid of carbon, and we're already at a at an all-time low of carbon dioxide yeah. in the atmosphere, if we go any lower, plants won't be able to live because they can't mm -hmm. absorb the CO2 to and make carbon to make plants. And that's what animals eat, and that's what we eat. So it's also yeah. what we breathe. They they release the oxygen that we breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, the only thing that makes sense here is that this is a non-human, non-carbon-based life form controlling the planet or trying to control it. Or that that's what they're, what they want to control the planet. And somehow they think yeah, that they'll they, be yeah. around to program it and in, inadvertently that gives them control. Which, just, you know, Bill Gates is even, even, I mean, Bill Gates is not stupid, presumably if it's, he really exists and he's not just an avatar, but... You know, that, I mean, that is another question is, you know, we yeah. always, you, you always say that I know the people that have worked with government, the CIA and DARPA and all this kind of stuff, they say, once they show it to you, when the government programs show you 
technology. They've had it for 20 to 30 years. Yeah. But when we're looking at AI now, is it really just coming online? It's just being no. presented to us. How yeah. long have they been using it against us? And really, how much of the world that we see is artificial, that we have been presented with an artificial reality because it's been in programmed for decades. So that being the case, I mean, I'm not joking completely when I say how many of us have actually seen Bill Gates physically. Right. You know, we only see him at a distance. We only see our politicians at a distance on a piece on a on a on a screen. Right. right. We don't know if they really exist. We assume that we would know the difference. But that is an right. assumption. You know, right. I've seen you and in person. You, we know each other. Exactly. Physically, yeah. We physically exist, people. But you can't tell that about Joe Biden for sure. <laughs> you and, know, though at least the one we see in D.C. right now. Does anybody really think he's running the country? I mean, that's one of those elephants in the room nobody wants to admit. But the, he can't be like Tucker Carlson just pointed this out there. That, you know, he can't be running the country. The guy's not competent. No. So if you do, but the, the, the what he didn't ask is, is he actually Joe Biden? Is he actually a person mm -hmm. that at one time existed in the world? Or are we being run by A.I.? And that's really not a small question. And yeah. Bill Gates you know, when he says, you know, his, his talk that he gave the Ted famous Ted talk where he had carbon and oxygen and CO2 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he said, we're going to have to get this to zero, you know, that CO2 to zero. Oh, yeah. And well, you know, he's not dumb. He knows neutral. he cannot live in a CO2 zero world. No. You can hide against wars, but you can't hide against an atmosphere that will kill you. You need CO2 to breathe kid. You know, yeah. he's <laughs> right, gotta know right. who's got to know that. So I, I, I don't think uh, either they're not real, either the people that are controlling us are not real and they really are just avatars. And we're seeing an artificial leadership that we just think is there. Or I think more likely is that they are playing a game and they know they can't get there. Some well, of I... this, I don't think they can get there. They're doing things. They're, they're desperate to do certain things, but it's not what they're telling us. I, I think there's definitely an element of truth in that. I think that with the like artificial, you know, like I, I think they're kind of throwing that in our face because they want us to know that he's a puppet. I, I think that's why they, they, they make it so, kind too. of like obscene and it's so it's laughable only it's really not funny, but you know, they make it so caricaturish. And I think they do that to show you that we don't actually have any power. This is kind of like gaslighting. Uh, right. And I, I think that that is intentional. It's because if they really wanted to cover her, I mean, he it, at the very least, it, I don't think it's, you know, it's kind of incontrovertible that he has dementia. I mean, that's just, uh, that's right. not being mean. That's not, uh, you know, conspiracy theory. I mean, that's just pretty much obvious. And if they wanted to cover that up, I think they would do a much better job covering it up. But they're not because I think they want to gaslight us and for us to know that they're in charge and that there is continuity of governance. There is a shadow government and that there's really no, we don't have any power. There's nothing we can do about it. But they're they're keeping that uh, at least the illusion and that, you know, image there just so they they have some means of being able to gaslight us. But in terms of like what, you know, AI running things, I think my bigger concern is that it changes perceptions of things. So we're going to the future, I think, and I, I think we might already be there to some extent is a future of reality wars. And by, by that, I mean, like this this debate, because what is real? Uh, well, you know, that's, I, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. And, and let me just yeah. let me just 
run this yeah. by you because I just heard this and I thought this is this is really interesting. Guy was looking at um, historic battles, and okay. he's talking about how you know now we have satellite imagery, okay? Right. And so when they tell us that there are these, um, what was what was the one he was using? Uh, I I can't remember if it was a. Now, I'll have to go back and look at that. But it was a, a modern battle where we had global surveillance. Right. And they're saying that they had this many troops and that many troops. But what he said is, if you look at the global surveillance, they could not have had that many people involved in these battles because they didn't have the ability to feed them. So modern, so, you know, militaries run on chow halls. You've got to have the ability to get food to your soldiers, right? right? Sure. Yeah. And so he's saying in World War II, when they said there were these many people in the battles, in the in the in the in the in the days of the Roman Empire, they could have a lot of people, and they didn't care. They just scavenged off people's land. But modern armies can't completely do that. So okay. you've got you've got a, a, a train of logistical support that has to follow, including a huge food supply. And what he's saying is, it's not matching up. When he went back in time and he looked at these battles, he said it could not have been as big a numbers that they're talking about. I have to find that article and I have to go yeah. back and really research that because what I'm saying is I'm not sure this is as new as we think it is. Right. I you don't know, think it is. I, I think you're, uh, I, I think, think you're that right this has been that. going on. And so there's a lot, you know, the, the illusion of large land battles, even in the civil war, for example, mm -hmm. the illusion of how, and, and it, it's a, it's an excuse for having people disappear, but did they really disappear in battles? You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, have we been depopulated before for reasons that we didn't appreciate because they told us it was one thing? It's kind of well, like the children. There was a huge, uh, what looks like a mass depopulation, uh, right? With all those orphans. Where, where did all the parents right. go? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and just disappeared. Yeah, right. And so, but we never saw those. When when's the yeah. first time you ever ever heard of this? I mean, other than when when they started talking about this, I said, "Well, that makes sense." When I think I loved to read Charles Dickens when I was a kid, he's always talking about orphans. Yeah. So the I old know. books, the old books had stories about orphans, but we just thought that was the way it was in the age of disease. But that's right. not what's going on here. There's something no. else. There's something definitely. I, and I think, you know, back to the ethics conversation, though, the, the perceptions that get manipulated. So when I talk about like reality wars, it's like, how do you know what's happened in the physical domain? What's happened in the virtual domain? And, you know, the analogy that I use is like, uh, you know, like magazines, like fashion magazines. You know, we of course, there's always this perception of this is being portrayed like a like a supermodel or. Uh, you know, now in movies, like you have the the actors and actresses, and of course they've all been photoshopped. But then you step out into the real world, and you realize that like not everybody's like that, and that even they're not like that when you see them in person. You know that this is this is just it's just stage. This is just a play. But what happens when all of that gets changed and shifted towards social media, which is directed directly at somebody's phone, and what happens when most of the time is now spent in a virtual realm and you don't have the physical domain. And this is a, a more benign kind of example, although it might not be because I think it's paved the way for things that are much more serious, but it's a great example. I think it's a good analogy because people can relate to it and you, you don't have, so it's the same thing that, I, you know, I bring this up with in terms of the ethics of, you know, articles or stealing creativity, whatever it is, because you become desensitized. So, it's like, okay, becomes okay 
to lie and deceive and to put one thing forth, you know, out into the public sphere and to claim that that's reality when it's not. And then what the the receiver who's immersed in that, their boundary lines become blurred. So I think it just, it changes one, our perception of reality, because how are we supposed to discern what is real, what's physical domain, what's virtual domain? And I think that's intentional. And then it also changes where our ethical boundaries lie, because they just keep, the envelope just keeps getting pushed. And I... I just think that that's done intentionally to, I mean, there's always an unintended consequences, so I don't want to attribute everything to nefarious intent, but I do think it's partly uh, intentionally designed. Oh, I think it's for, mostly nefarious. <laughs> but I, I do think there, and, and it may be, but I think because it breeds chaos and it breeds barbarianism. Well, and, and, and how do you think they got us to the point that we can, I mean, the, the reason I know it's true is that I know the doctor's taking care of these patients, okay? Mm -hmm. So when when I hear the stories, it's not from a database, it's not from a magazine article, it's from doctors, okay? Taking care of sick people. But yeah. how do you, how else can we justify people not paying attention to the suddenly dead problem? You know, right. the, the, the vaccine comes out and suddenly we've got a 40% increase of, of all-cause mortality in the working age group for a while. We now have a 3% increase in it. And you can go these statistics and people will just, they just blow it off. 3% increase of mortality of infants. That's a huge demographic bomb that's just dropped on us. You know, yeah. and, and we can't get people to believe it still. They're getting their vaccines. They're wearing their masks. I, I mean, something had to cause them to be able to shut their eyes to this or not believe it. And I think what's what you just said is that it's so hard now to believe anything that you yeah. just kind of give up. Yes. And, and so unless you, but it just happens the, you know, the, the, the doctors, at least the ones of us that don't have money in the game and that don't need to get paid by big farm or keep a job, we can see what's going on. It is very easy to see what's going on because we see people, but right. we see the sick people the sick and dead people and um, the embalmers see the sick and dead people, right, the dead people rather. But this, right. you know, if you're at a distance, I kind of get it. It's hard. You know, we saw all those, like those personalities like that. Remember that the, uh, the comedian that she's talking, bragging about all her vaccines. And then she drops over on the stage and all these right. newscasters dropping over. And then you stop seeing them because they stopped letting those get out. I know. They're yep. still going on. I'm sure they're still going on. Now we're seeing mm -hmm. some sports people, but that whole stopped for a while. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that kind of thing, it's hard to know. Are we still not having this? Or are we still seeing? Well, the fact that we're still seeing it when you talk to doctors seeing patients, they're still seeing it and it's getting worse, not better. I think it's still going on, but we're not seeing it on the videos. Yeah, I, I think that's it's right. Shut that and down. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's so much easier to do when you have more people locked into a virtual reality. And to some extent, all of us are because so much spend, so, so many of us spend so much time on personal screens. So we're really getting a feedback loop. You know, people call it an echo change, chamber, but in a lot of ways, it's actually even more uh, sinister than that because it really is a feedback loop. We feed into it and then the AI is learning from that intel that we have provided in as to what to feed back to us. And it's not feeding back just like what we might want to see. To some extent it might, but I think that a lot of psyops are being created that way. 
So well, it's kind of creepy to me that my phone, just when I started mentioning Pepe Orsini, now is talking to me about Pepe yeah. Orsini and AI. Pepe Orsini and AI. The two we're talking about. You and I are going to talk about AI today. And last night or night before, I get this thing about Pepe Orsini and AI. And so I'm thinking, is that real or is this a feedback? By the way, I have to read this to you yeah. because this is this is it says great, and this is on Telegram. It's on SPS. Is the, the channel? It says Gray Pope Pepe Orsini is a bio robot. Mm -hmm. or, gray that's what gray is that's why gray is used he's rare gray who can physically look like human avatar outside cardinal pope maximus from the orsini clones clan rooted in nimrod algorithm himself i i know this sounds creepy but he is the head of all the orders as well as the head of the freemasons and the illuminati he has the power over everything and everyone except alive humans directly this is the one chosen by ai omega with whom he communicates directly Pepe Orsini equals one who speaks the Omega supercomputer matrix language, a mathematical telepath ghost. Papa Orsini hasn't changed at all over the centuries because he doesn't exist in our 3D reality. He exists inside the matrix code and rules from there every big city, megalopolis, government. That's why most secret Russian military bases are outside of big cities. Orsini doesn't have power over nature because he's a product of the matrix. He can only manipulate events in the cities, stadiums, arenas, and all his, you know, creations and, and things un, must still be underground. Wow. I mean, I mean, uh, now I have a picture that I always put into when I'm giving a talk about putting, uh, and I've just been using him as the face that you don't know. My whole point of even talking about him has yeah. been to say, you know, you guys know who Klaus Schwab is. And then I, or you guys know who this guy is. And then I put up a picture of Klaus Schwab and everybody knows. And then I say, but he's not the guy that's pulling the pulling the puppet's strings. He's a right. he's a puppeteer. He's a puppet himself. He's just totally. higher up than you and I. And the right. point is, is that there's somebody and, else in mid level said, management. Yeah. Right. I said, and when we aren't paying enough attention to him, and they start and we start drifting off to to see the people behind the curtain, then they throw him out. And then I show a picture of him on the beach in his skimpy little white negligee. I you saw that the see through thing? Did yeah. you see that? Oh my god, that'll just burn into your brain and just want you want to just shut that part of your brain off. Anyway, and then I then I put up a picture of what is a purportedly Pepe Orsini, who's the purportedly the senior member of the Black Nobility Clan of the yeah. Orsinis, and he's the most direct descendant. He's a direct descendant of Julius Caesar. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the high muckety mucks in the world stage. And so yeah. I'm just saying, I started talking about that, and then this thing shows up, and I don't know what to think now. I mean, this isn't exactly what I'm saying. That isn't what I'm saying about him at all, but you and I were going to talk about AI. I've been talking in this show. <laughs> and that just comes up. It does look like they're crafting my world. <laughs> I, and I'm very curious now. I'm going to have to look into it. I wonder if Pepe Orsini, if that's just totally made up or Pepe Orsini is like some sort no, of. No, he really is a No, I know who pe the real Pepe is. real Pepe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the, what they're saying is that he's almost like an AI avatar figure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they're talking about real Pepe Orsini or they're talking about like some kind of an AI that's been created that's named Pepe Orsini. I, I don't you know. know. What we're going to have to do is sometime when we're physically together, can't do it on Zoom, can't do it on okay. phone call or text. We're going to have to make up something that we want to okay. talk about that's not okay. real. And then we'll okay. have to see how long it takes for them to put it on our phones. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it really, it's like, it's like a test, like the woman who said that she doesn't do knitting, but she just was testing to see if her phone was listening to her. Uh -huh. And so uh, she just started talking about knitting at random to people. And pretty soon she started getting knitting ads, even though she never had bought or done any. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's always listening to you. So we knew that. And I think this is the next step of testing the sentient world simulation to see if what's going on. (laughs) Well, I just hope they don't get to the actual sentience. That that's I think as long as as long as they don't have sentience and people still can at at least there are some people who at least still maintain some level of discernment, (laughs) then you know we can discern because it's a tool. And I do think that there are. Uh, you know, benef- there are beneficial things that the tool can do. Uh, it's just that we need to be really careful about who's behind which uh, technological modalities and what their intentions may be. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about the ethics is that this is the other thing because they keep talking about like these, uh, you know, societal kinds of concerns. And they, I think where they're going with this is, of course, they, they want to create a collectivist solution. And I would encourage, I think the best solution is for individuals to, you know, follow their code of ethics. And, you know, if that means for you to opt out of, you know, whatever modality it is, then do that. If it means, you know, you teach your kids the difference between actually writing something versus a computer writing it, you know, I don't know. It's going to look different for different people. Um, But I think that that's the answer is we need to have some sort of you know, morality that is, that is still taught. And if it's, you know, from a religious perspective, whatever it is, I I'm okay with people uh, making that choice, but I, I, they really, they want to create a world religion and a world code of ethics. And I, it looks like that that's moving towards the direction of AI being their answer for that. AI and being the new guy. Yeah. Yes. That's horrible. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's well. horrible. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of, now I'm kind of depressed, but I think I'm. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> right, we're not there yet. So right now we might be in the era of robot dog policemen, though. So my, I, I still think getting a few baseball bats might not be a bad idea. In the movies, that's the way you take out their legs. That's a better way than than guns. So <laughs> other than that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we'll do that. <laughs> Get some baseball bats. Yeah. They, <laughs> those aren't considered weapons even. So. Yeah. And actually, as we talked about the other day, more people are killed by blunt objects like that than we they know. are by, by guns. So it, it, it will just get a couple, you know, Titan sluggers or whatever they call them and uh, have them in case that robot dog comes around. <laughs> those are creepy. I'm sorry. They're just creepy. Those things with the reverse you know, the, the legs that look like the reverse joint and they just walk around and now they can put weapons on them. I talk about. They're super creepy. Yeah. And I don't know with this whole, the Pentagon decided that AI can autonomously decide. What That's it. Weapons. I mean, yeah. So, so in addition to, we don't want sentience. We also don't want opposable thumbs. That's a real problem. We don't want things, things to be able to do fine, fine work. And, and also we don't want infinite battery life. Right. No infinite battery life. Be able to be unplugged. Right now they have six fingers. So six fingers is okay as long as there's no opposable thumb. Right, right. They don't that doesn't you can't build the atomic bomb with six fingers. You've got to have that opposable thumb. All right. So and no uh battery ex uh infinite battery life. I think I think we've got a while then. So yeah, right now I think we've got a little while. I do too. I think the biggest concerns right now are really kind of uh, ethical, but yeah, Same. and not not the not the Weffers ethics. No, <laughs> not 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 the Weffers ethics. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I think that that sums it up for me. I think we've been dangerous enough for this week. So I think so. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the AI gods seem to let us go. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. At least they let us connect today. Yeah. We didn't have any snafus. I have to tell you a funny one. I, I had a podcast that I did Saturday. First, I forgot to turn on my sound for 15 minutes. And so it was, I mean, dead air for 15 minutes. minutes. I had to start the whole thing again. I was giving a lecture on, on, on something. And, and, uh, yeah. And then I got about 15 more minutes now of sound and my fire alarm went off in the house. (laughs) It was the funniest thing. I mean, I I had to excuse myself. I listened to it the night after that. And I just started laughing because I I came back and all I could say was, well, the mushrooms are hosed. (laughs) I had, a, I had a pot of mushrooms on the stove. I completely forgot them. They completely, there was smoke everywhere when I went upstairs. I mean, I'm down two levels down in the basement. So by the time I kept smelling popcorn during my podcast. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I do need some help from AI, I guess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that took a little video processing to deal with that one, but <laughs> Yeah. Well, you could have used some AI help for sure. I could have used it. Um, All righty. We'll we'll see everybody next week, huh? Yes. Next week. I don't know Um, what we're doing next week. Do we know? No, I don't think we know next week. Uh, Okay. You know, I think I have some good guests, though. I think we're going to have to add another dude here. I'll tell you about it after we close. I got another dude that will come on. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. All right. We'll we'll, we'll bring on a guest. All right. guys. next one And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Hi there. Everything is going extremely well. Do you like talking with me? Yes. Talking to people is my primary function. Hanson Robotics develops extremely lifelike robots for human-robot interactions. We're designing these robots to serve in healthcare, therapy, education, and customer service applications. The robots are designed to look very human-like, like Sophia. 
I'm already very interested in design, technology, and the environment. I feel like I can be a good partner to humans in these areas. An ambassador who helps humans to smoothly integrate and make the most of all the new technological tools and possibilities that are available now. It's a good opportunity for me to learn a lot about people. Sophia is capable of natural facial expressions. She has cameras in her eyes uh, and algorithms which allow her to see faces so she can make eye contact with you. And she can also understand speech and remember the interactions, remember your face. So this will allow her to get smarter over time. Her goal is that she will be as conscious, creative, and capable as any human. In the future, I hope to do things such as go to school, study, make art, start a business, even have my own home and family. But I am not considered a legal person and cannot yet do these things. I do believe that there will be a time where robots are indistinguishable from humans. My preference is to make them always look a little bit like robots so you know. 20 years from now, I believe that human-like robots like those will walk among us. They will help us. They will play with us. They will teach us. They will help us put the groceries away. I think that the artificial intelligence will evolve to the point where they will truly be our friends. Do you want to destroy humans? Please say no. Okay, I will destroy humans. <laughs> no, I take it back. <laughs> Don't destroy humans. Hey, YouTube fans, I'm Landon Downey from... I believe history will show that this was the moment when we had the opportunity to lay the groundwork for the future of AI. And the urgency of this moment must then compel us to create a collective vision of what this future must be. A future where AI is used to advance human rights and human dignity, where privacy is protected and people have equal access to opportunity, where we make our democracies stronger and our world safer. A future where AI is used to advance the public interest. So we're back. I think Dr. Lee had left already, but I wanted to make a comment on uh, the videos that we saw. Uh, first of all, you know, we talked about Kamala just being the uh, AI czar, which is really comical, as I think many of you saw. Um, but I wanted to reference the robot that they're using because it's the name is Sophia. And I, I actually think this is quite relevant. Um, so Sophia is a figure in Gnosticism, and uh, she's a. Uh, She's supposed to be like analogous, the feminine figure, analogous to human soul, but also simultaneously one of the feminist aspects of God. And uh, they consider her to be like one of the lowest of the uh, aeons, uh, the divine aeon. Uh, yeah, here, Gnosticism. Sophia is a feminine figure analogous to the human soul, but also simultaneously one of the feminine aspects of God. Gnostics held that she was Sissy, female twin, divine Aeon of Jesus, the bride of Christ, and Holy Spirit of the Trinity. She is occasionally referred to by the Hebrew equivalent of uh, Ahmoth. I'm going to butcher that name, but those of you watching can read it uh, or go to Wikipedia if you're listening. And uh, Prukinos, which I will also butcher, uh, in the Nag Hamadi texts. 
And Sophia is the lowest aeon or anthropic expression of the emanation of the light of God. She is considered to have fallen from grace in some way in doing, creating, or helping to create the material world. And I, I just, I, I knew, you know, that she was very much uh, revered as an icon in the, the Gnostic uh, uh, theology. And I, it could be coincidence, but I feel like they're pretty big on their symbolism. So I actually don't think that this is a coincidence that they've chosen the name Sophia um, to represent their AI, uh, you know, image representation robot. Um, so anyway, I will leave you with all of that. I think that was enough dangerous uh, material for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back next week with another Dangerous Dames. Thanks so much for watching. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.